Welcome back to Hail Marys and Hoops. My name is Jeff Pratt. I'm a social and content internet DraftKings and a fantasy analyst at Primetime Sports Talk. I'm joined as always by Jeremy Guerin and Anton Lee. Fellas, we've spent the past three episodes talking about the NBA, so it's finally time to get back into football. And we've got a fun one planned today, as we're going to be doing our 2021 NFL awards predictions. We've got a lot to cover, including some NFL news at the end of this episode, so let's jump right in and why not kick things off with the rookies, beginning with the 2021 Offensive Rookie of the Year. Anton, welcome back to the show after a one-episode absence, and who is your pick? So for the 2021 offensive uh, season, I was thinking a lot about who can make a big splash, and I thought of, like you know, obviously the quarterbacks come to mind, like Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, those kind of guys, but I actually went with the running back. I'm going to go with Najee Harris from the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? You know... No disrespect to Devontae Smith, but I felt that the Heisman could have easily gone to Najee Harris. You know, um, he's this big athletic back who can run dudes over. He can catch his, he can catch passes out of the backfield. You know, he had 11 receiving touchdowns, 729 yards on 70 catches last season. That's really impressive. Um, and his situation is perfect. James Conner's gone. There's really no one there to compete for touches. Uh, there's big question marks about Big Ben. Will he be the same player that he was? Uh, maybe the Steelers, after kind of a disappointing exit in the playoffs to my Cleveland Browns, go Browns, um, maybe they're trying to establish a new offensive identity. So um, they had one of the worst running games last season, and maybe they'll try to reestablish those old Pittsburgh roots. So I'm going to go with Najee Harris as my offensive rookie of the year. I like the pick. And, you know, while I do believe that uh, Devonta Smith should have won the Heisman, Najee had a phenomenal year, and that's not taking anything away from him. I think that he's probably the closest thing we've seen to Derrick Henry coming into the NFL. And he's not Derrick Henry. No one's Derrick Henry. The size and speed and power that he has will probably never be replicated. But the fact that we can compare Najee Harris to him tells you everything you need to know about how good of a back he is. So I like the pick. Jeremy, I'll throw it to you. I have a feeling you didn't go running back because you aren't the biggest running back guy. I think running backs usually run away with offensive rookie of the year, if I'm not mistaken. They generally, unless a quarterback has really like outperformed expectations, it's very hard to wrestle that award away from a running back because they usually are most primed to get right into the NFL and go. Uh, I do like Anton's pick with Najee Harris. I didn't pick him. Uh, I went with a guy who I said before Jeff even started texting about him. Kyle Pitts is going to win oh my God. Offensive Rookie of the Year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You had the opportunity to, to, to make your pick next. You threw it to me. This is what you get. Um, <sighs> Kyle Pitts is entering a situation where, I mean, the Falcons offense is absolutely loaded, even without Julio Jones. You have a top, what I believe to be a top 10 wide receiver in Calvin Ridley. You have Hayden Hurst across the middle. Arthur Smith does like to run two tight ends at times. I know he ran a lot of... Uh, 11 personnel when at Tennessee before he moved to Atlanta, meaning obviously one uh, one tight end and one running back. but Or sorry, one wide receiver. Jeez, because he liked to get the ball into Derrick Henry's hands. But you don't have the luxury of having a bell cow back like that in Atlanta because I believe Mike Davis is the lead guy there, and that is just awful. Um, I think Kyle Pitts, he is a freak. There's a reason I believe Madden rated him as the top rookie from this class. He has the highest Madden rating of any of the rookies this year. Uh, there's a reason for it. He's got game-breaking speed especially for a tight end. Uh, he's basically a wide receiver in a tight end's body, and I look to him to probably be a more productive Travis Kelsey when all is said and done, wow. provided that he gets the right quarterback. That's big time. I really wanted... A more, a more productive... Tra- We're talking about one of the best tight ends of all time. Yeah. He's going to finish in the GOAT tight end conversation. You think he's going to be more productive than him? Yeah, more yes. productive? That's, Kel- Kelsey's that's not... T- Kelsey's maybe third all time. Uh, Gonzalez and Gronk still have him beat, yeah, but sure. I think I think Pitts could that. end up leapfrogging him uh, when all is said and done. Wow, it's, he just has to get a good quarterback around him. That's all he needs. He'll be fine. I think he is he is such a game wrecker. I wanted the Patriots to go up and draft him if they could have gotten him um, this past uh, draft, even though they didn't. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna roll with. Kyle Pitts with Kirk Cousins, my goodness, what a what a duo that would be. Am I right, Jeremy? <laughs> it's, it's, I'm salivating <laughs> thinking about it right now. I'm, I'm, yeah. Who's better, Jeremy? Uh, Kyle Pitts or Irv Smith Jr.? Uh, Kyle Pitts by a landslide, <laughs> especially because Irv Smith. Uh, Irv you Sm- might be the first. You might you might be the first Vikings fan to admit that. Ah, uh, no. I mean, <laughs> and Vikings fans should be more. Uh, what's it called? Down to earth about this guy. Irv Smith Jr. is not bad, but he's he's not anything special. Let's let's, let's not uh, let's not twist it here. Yeah. All right. All right. So. Uh, 
a little bit of backstory here. We're getting ready to record this episode, and I send in the group chat. When when did you send it? This morning. Something time this morning. Yeah, I, I wrote I wrote all my picks down yesterday. I also, well, real quickly, <sighs> I wrote down a runner-up for every single pick as well. So my runner-up okay. for this one was Trevor Lawrence, simply by uh, default, because I think that the writers are going to be looking for every excuse to hand him this award. I just think Pitts is going to be better. So I have the exact same runner-up and uh and winner but yeah this morning i pretty much said you guys can make as whatever picks you want don't you dare take kyle pitts from me and i said jeremy that i would make you go last moving forward and i might do it that's fine i am upset i'm upset but i'll just add on to what you said about kyle pitts because i agree with everything that you already stated you know matt ryan he threw more balls than anyone in the nfl last year and he loves his tight ends. Austin Uber, he had back-to-back seasons with 70-plus catches for 660 yards. 660-plus uh, yards. Sorry. Hayden Hurst, he had a career year in 2020. Let's look at how Kyle Pitts measures up to other tight ends in the league. He's 6'6", 245, but what really stands out is his 83-and-3-eighths-inch wingspan. That's over 6'9", and it ranks in the 98th percentile among tight ends. His catch radius is enormous. He's got great hands. And he ran a 4-4-4, 40-yard dash. He is, as you said, Jeremy, the definition of a game wrecker, a freak athlete, and I think he easily slides into the wide receiver two role for Atlanta, kind of how, how we saw Calvin Ridley the last couple of years with Julio Jones as the one instead of your much more traditional tight end role. You don't you so, don't want, what was his name, Olamide Zacchaeus or whatever his name was taking over? Yeah, yeah, Zacchaeus and um, Russell, Russell Gage, Gage and company. Ugh. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I'll take the best rookie in this class besides potentially Trevor Lawrence. I agree with you there. Today's episode is brought to you by Primetime Sports Talk, your top source for all major sports content, including DFS, fantasy advice, and great gambling tips. Be sure to head over to primetimesportstalk.com to check out their in-depth analysis, exclusive articles, fascinating interviews, and explore the rest of their amazing podcast family. Again, primetimesportstalk.com, your go-to spot for sports content. Jeremy, I'm going to let you go first for this one because defense is what you love to talk about, uh, and I don't have a lot written down about my guy, so I'm very interested where you go with Defensive Rookie of the Year. So you get to go first, and then you're last for the next couple of picks. Okay, that's fine. Um... I picked the guy that I was salivating over before the draft. Well, I've used that word twice in about two speaking portions. So that's kind of weird. Um, that's a lot of positivity for you. Jeremy. I was so I was ready to say this before we got going. I'm going to be very positive in this episode. Um, very shockingly, but wow. it's true. Um, wow. I was going. I'm going Thanks. to make my predictions based off of my schedule predictions that I've been slowly releasing on uh, at PT Sports Talk on Instagram. We're almost through. We have I think Shout 29. Out. Of the 32 predictions that have been released, I still have to go and do Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. Everyone else is done, so you can look and scroll back through the feed if you want to see where I have your team ranking. Um, I am going to go with the name that I love to say, the guy that I loved at a school that I hate. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa of the Cleveland Browns will win Defensive Rookie of the Year. He has that heart issue that caused him to drop in the draft, but I still think he's a very complete linebacker, even if he is a little bit undersized. That should help him in terms of covering running backs out of the backfield. I want to see what he can do up against tight ends, if he can kind of shoot the gap there, because he's going to get a lot of tight ends blocking him, especially in the run game. So he's got to hold up better there for me to justify this uh, award at the end of the year. My runner-up, I had to go with a Georgia guy, and I think he's the only Georgia guy that I have on here. Uh, I got Aziz Ojolari, the edge, who went to the Giants. I think he is another one of those great pass rushers that Georgia has been kind of manufacturing. Good at the college level, so-so at the pro level. I think Ojolari might be the guy who breaks the mold there. Um, I thought a a mid-second round pick was fair for him. I could have seen him going higher. So I, I expect big things for a guy that really solidified Georgia's defense when Richard LeCount and some of these other guys, Eric Stokes, were down with injury for Georgia last season. Yeah, I like the pick. Um, JOK, you were very high on him heading into the draft, Jeremy, and I, I watched I the wanted draft him, together. I wanted the Patriots to draft him over Mac Jones. I didn't want a quarterback yes, he, at 14. Well, he wanted anyone to be drafted over Mac Jones at 15. So... Uh, 
I, that, was very, I, think that's I was a fair very disclaimer. depressed that Justin Fields got drafted to the Bears. Very depressed. Yeah, yes, yes, he was. But all right, Anton, uh, you said he stole your pick, so say a little bit about JOK and why you have him. Or is it yeah. just because you're a Browns fan? No, see, this is not just because I'm a Browns fan. You know, I mean, a lot of people had JOK ranked really high on their boards last year. I mean, people thought he was certainly a first round talent, you know, at the very least. And it was really surprising that he fell all the way to the second round. And I was really happy that Browns kind of, you know, made a move and traded up and got that guy, right? And I think his stats speak for themselves. 24 and a half tackles for loss in 25 games, seven pass breakups, five forced fumbles and a couple interceptions. You know, he has that insane speed and athleticism. He explodes through players, which I think is really going to help him. People talk about his size being a potential problem, but I think the fact that he's able to explode through players is really going to help him, you know, take down those big guys. Um, he has the potential to be a really productive three-down linebacker for the Browns. Um, I expect him to have a really big year this year. Both of you guys go JOK. I'll make mine quick because it's boring. I'm rolling chalk here, taking Micah Parsons, by far the favorite to win this award. And my reasoning, uh, it's simple. He's going to be a day-one starter, and it's his award to lose if the Cowboys turn around their turn around their defense. Their defense was atrocious last year. You look at them, their offense probably the best in the league while Dak was healthy. Their defense was the worst in the league, or it was up there with the Falcons and the Seahawks as one of the worst defenses in the league. And it's the reason why the Cowboys have struggled to make it out of the NFC East the last couple of years. Um, And I think that if he plays any sort of role in turning around that defense, he's a lock for this award. But I'd love to see JOK win it. Um, Great story, awesome name, and a great talent. And he's headed to Cleveland, and I like the Browns as well. So... Those are our Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Years. We're going to move on to the Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year now. I'll go first. This guy, he's my runner-up for the for the Comeback Player of the Year award. I really wanted to put him for both, but I don't know. I just think that there's a, a guy who's going to be uh, more of a lock for it based on the narrative. My Offensive Player of the Year is Christian McCaffrey uh, for this season. Interesting. Look at what he did in 2019, the year before he uh, he got hurt. 1,387 rushing yards, 1,005 receiving yards, 19 total touchdowns. The man, he is a force of nature, and I know that Sam Darnold, has, Sam Darnold has a lot of haters out there, but he got an upgrade at quarterback from what he was working with with Cam Newton, what he was working with with Teddy Bridgewater. Sam Darnold, he might be seeing ghosts out there, but at least he can throw a pass. So, And Teddy Bridgewater can throw passes. He had a really high completion percentage last year, so I'll give him more credit than that. But Darnold is much more of a playmaker, and uh, this Panthers offense, I mean, they're dangerous. DJ Moore's a great player. I'm really high on him. Robbie Anderson had a career year. He and Darnold already have a rapport. Um, and then you add Christian McCaffrey back to that offensive unit. It's going to be a lot of a uh, there's going to be a lot of firepower there. I think he's going to go for a huge comeback year, and that's why he's my runner-up for that award. Um, and we'll go over who's going to win that later. But, Anton, I'll kick it to you next. Who's going to win the Offensive Player of the Year? You know, I, I kind of love your take on the Panthers. Panthers are one of my teams that I think can make a lot of damage. I love what Matt Rule is doing down there. You know, he really turned around the Baylor program in a couple years, and I think he's going to do the same thing in Carolina. But my Offensive Player of the Year, I, uh, I'm i going to go with Devontae Adams, right? He mm. established himself as one of the best wide receivers last year. And, in fact, I think he probably took – uh, the the crown for best for number one in the league. Um, you know he just got added to Madden's whatever ninety nine overall. His first player of this of this of the season. He had thirteen hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns in just fourteen games. That's a that's a monster season, right? And not to mention, um, Aaron Rodgers, right? He just po- he back. just said he he might he's coming back, he uh, is back for the yeah. Packers. And um, he's one of the best throws of the football ever, right? And so that tandem is really hard to beat. Um, they both posted that picture of of, of Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan, kind of Ridiculous. alluding, kind of Ridiculous. alluding to the last dance. Um, so I think him and Rogers will run it back for one more season. And in fact, you know, many thought that Devontae Adams may have been snubbed for this award last season. And so because of that, I say he'll come back with a vengeance, and he wins it this year. Yeah. For all of you who say that he was snubbed last year, Derrick Henry 110% deserved to win that award. He was an absolute machine. 2,000 yards. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, 
who's winning Offensive Player of the Year? Chalk keeps chalking. It's going to be Derrick Henry. I mean, the dude is a— Derrick so, Henry! So here's, here's, where, here's my philosophy on Offensive Player of the Year. You can't give it to a quarterback. You know why? Because quarterbacks is always going to win MVP. you got to leave some award for the offensive skill players. So that's why you give it to usually a running back, very, very rarely a wide receiver. Because I think Michael Thomas won it two years ago. Uh, but that was only because he set like the record for catches and stuff like that. It's, yeah, it's mainly a running back record. award, which is why I'm going to go with Henry because he's the best running back in the game, according to Jeff. I, right, right, Jeff, you said that? Yes, yes, he is I, the best I running back in the I game. I don't have him as the top running back in the game, but he's bar none top two. Um, the other guy, That's I because you have Dalvin Cook. No, the other guy I will get to later. <laughs> I do not have Dalvin okay. Cook. Dalvin Cook, I think, is is definitely top five. I think I have him at like three or four. Um, okay. I'm going to go with Henry simply because he's a beast. I think that the Titans, the Titans are one of the weird teams in the NFL this year, and for for the last couple of years, to be honest, I was talking about this with uh, one of uh, my coworkers over there at Primetime, and now Jeff's coworkers as well. He was he was discussing how the Titans, you just really don't know what you're going to get from them year to year. They could incredibly impressed or they could just be really bad uh now you have you add julio jones into the mix with uh, aj brown catching passes from ryan Tannehill. will that open up another lane for derrick henry i personally don't think so but i also don't think it matters because derrick henry is that much of a mountain king henry will come he will conquer and he's going to win another offensive player of the year the runner up uh i had jonathan taylor i think the afc south running backs are going to run wild this year i really like taylor coming out of wisconsin uh, I kind of wish that the Patriots had drafted him over Damian Harris the previous year, but it is what it is. I think that there's a lot of tread on the tires of Taylor, so his career might be shorter than some of these other guys. Much like McCaffrey, a lot of touches in his college career. But that doesn't matter because he's only in his second pro year. So we still got enough gas left in the tank, and I think he's going to chew up yards for the Colts behind that big offensive line led by Quentin Nelson. I love Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I'm really high on him this year. I'm really high on the Colts as as a whole. I think that offensively and defensively, they've got top seven units on both sides of the ball. But, uh, all right, so that's our offensive player of the years. We all roll chalk there. No real surprise. I mean, it's really rare you see a guy who's not a big name heading into the season uh, emerge and win that award. So now we're going to move on to the defensive player of the year and jeremy i know i was gonna have you go last for the next couple of ones but it's defense it's your your side of the ball that you love to talk about who's winning it do you remember a couple days ago jeff when i told you what my favorite position in football is said this in another group chat that wasn't with anton the linebacker yeah that would be a linebacker now linebackers never get any love for this position uh i think luke keekley was the last one to win it in 2013 and i couldn't tell you who won it before him uh, it's Aaron Donald has dominated this category, and I, like a lot of others, think that Aaron Donald should not have won last year. There's no way he should have won. I'm sorry. Xavier Howard had a much superior season from his position than Aaron, Aaron Donald did from his. Xavier Howard was an absolute lockdown corner. He got snubbed. But he's not going to win it this year. Donald is my runner-up, and my winner is... Again, I said that I was going to be basing a lot of these on my schedule predictions. I have the 49ers bouncing back this season and winning double-digit games and going to the playoffs. Fred Warner, my favorite linebacker you in football. You love Fred Warner. He, He's a beast. He He's a beast. is a monster. He can cover. He can rush the passer. He can pick up the run game. He can do it all, especially from an inside spot. Bobby Wagner's starting to get a little bit long in the tooth. He's starting to get a little bit old. Fred Warner is going to be the next NFC West linebacker to take that mantle as the top one in the game, especially with Keekly retired. And I really have I really have high hopes for him. I really wish that the Patriots could have snagged him. Uh over any other player in the league, I would have ta- if if you gave me all the players in the league and said you can pick one to put on the Patriots, Donald would have been one and Warner would have been two, and I'm gonna have both of them finishing top two in defensive player of the year. Warner will win it, and this is probably my most. Is that just defensively, by the way, that we're talking? No, or anybody. Any t- so you you wouldn't take Patrick Mahomes off of the Chiefs and put him on the Patriots? I mean, all right, fine. <laughs> you can say defensive if you want. I'm just saying sure, I, sure, I, sure. I'm eliminating. You wouldn't take Josh Rosen? Uh, Come yeah, on now. No. That's oh yeah, that's a, that's another big name. Um, I yeah, okay, that's fair. I'd probably take Mahomes. <laughs> Mahomes, Donald, Donald, and then I almost said Darnold by accident. That would have been bad. Um, <laughs> and then and then Fred Warner. I just, I love him that much. This admittedly is probably my biggest reach in terms of the picks, only because like I said, defensive player of the year is dominated by either a defensive lineman that gets a lot of sacks or a cornerback who has just an otherworldly season. I don't think Jalen. Ramsey's won it yet, so they're probably going to look to give him the award somehow. They're going to try and shoehorn him in, but I'm going to roll with my guy. For the record, uh, speaking of Ramsey, cornerbacks are my favorite position uh, in the game, cornerbacks and running backs. Jeremy went over his, which is linebackers. Um, 
I grew up, you know, wa- watching the legends, you know, like Ty Law you, you, on the Patriots. Champ Bailey. Yeah, Champ Bailey, man. I mean, they just these lockdown corners, guys who could shut down the best players on any team on any given night. And uh, that's what I wanted to do. Of course, I ended up being 5'10", 145, so that didn't work out too well. But, um, uh, all right, that's that's Jeremy's pick for, for Defensive Player of the Year. Anton, I'm going to kick it to you next because I have a feeling we have the same player. Interesting. Oh, um, boy. Well, I didn't even think of him. <laughs> he never even well, crossed I, my I, mind for this. So I am going to go with um, – this is not the only Brown left on my on, my, on the rest of these, uh, these Shocker. Picks. So I'm going to go with – winning MVP, we're cutting the recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just hey, stay and find out, I guess. But Miles Garrett, you know, I got to go with him as my defensive player of the year. You know, he was on an absolute war path last season before getting COVID. Um he had nine and a half sacks through nine games and four forced fumbles, which is it is unbelievable. He's on pace to have like he's had on pace to have like sixteen, seventeen sacks that season. Um, and of course, he got COVID, which we know has some long term effects on athletes. You know, Miles himself even admitted it affected his play. Um, and last season, there was a, there was a very funny image I saw. There was like this replay in the divisional round where. It showed Miles Garrett getting triple teamed by the Pittsburgh offensive line, and I thought that was hilarious because it was like, wow, this like kind of hampered Miles Garrett is still drawing a triple team, and now he has Jadavian Clowney on on his line on the on the defensive line too, and that's going to keep offensive lines honest. You can't guard Miles one on one, right? Um, so it's going to be a really really big challenge for defenses next season. Sorry for offenses next season, and here's a, here's another shocking thing. After he got COVID, he met, he only got two and a half sacks in the final five games, which is like a pretty pedestrian sort of uh, number. And he finished with 12 sacks in the season and finished sixth in the NFL. So Miles Garrett basically played half the season and still finished sixth in the NFL in sacks. Um, the Browns also have a much stronger defense all around Miles Garrett. Um, and I think that offenses are not going to be able to only worry about him anymore. So I think he's set to have a fantastic season. Miles Garrett. Defensive Player of the Year 2022. For what it's worth, before Jeff goes, um, our own... It's also 2021, Anton, by the way. <laughs> He's going to win it two straight years. It's for the year that oh. the season started in, yeah. Oh, Either it's way. not... That's, okay, yeah. whatever. Um, okay. For, for people who are interested, uh, one of our writers here, Ryan Potts, is uh, releasing his top 100 players in the NFL. That's heading into this season uh, before any games have taken place. Miles Garrett is in the top 25. He's in the top 20. He's in the top 15. But where exactly he falls, you're going to have to wait and see that. Especially for the article, mm. too. One. He's not one. I just spoiled it for you. Uh, so, this um, guy's a Ravens fan, and he had Miles Garrett top okay. 15. So that wow. should give you Wow, that's yeah, level-headed. That's impressive. Um, Anton, I don't really have anything else to add because I also have Miles Garrett winning this award. Let's go. I knew that would make you happy. Um, I have his stats listed out, as you said. You know, 12 sacks, 48 combined tackles, four forced fumbles. Uh, and now he's got Jadavion Clowney rushing alongside with him to take pressure off of him. You know, they brought in a guy that – both of you think it's going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year in JOK. That defense, uh, they're stacked now. They're going to be one of the better defenses in the NFL uh, this year and one of the better teams in the NFL this year. Uh, we have to look at this, um, but I think the Browns could easily be a top six, seven uh, squad in the NFL again. I don't, Obviously, they made a run in the playoffs. Jeremy, do you have something to say yeah, about that? I, I don't know how much Davion Clowney actually helps Miles Garrett. I think he's a game wrecker without him, and I just don't know if you can count on Clowney to be like, oh, Clowney's going to give you double-digit sacks like he did in Seattle. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I, I, don't, don't, I don't think that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, think I, don't think, just, I don't think at all. I think he's just going to take some defensive pressure off of him. We don't exactly. need Davion Clowney to be the game wrecker he was a couple of years ago, and he clearly he's not that anymore uh, at this point in his career. But all we need him to do is still be a huge, fast pass rusher to draw attention from the O line and, and help take those double teams off of uh, Garrett. And on, honestly, I think we? Jadavian Clowney. I think his I think his strongest. I think his strong we. suit. Sure, yes, sure. yes, My yeah. Bad. My Je- bad. Do- Jeff is officially part of the dog pound. Welcome. I'm, welcome. A, I'm an honorary Browns fan. I think I've earned it at this point. Half of my family's from Cleveland. I went there every single summer growing up. I get to be an honorary Browns fan, just like you get to be an honorary Vikings fan, despite never having been to the state of Minnesota. Hopefully that changes Jeremy. soon. We, we uh, can you want to go to Minnesota? Yeah, who wants to go to Minnesota? Are you Minnesota? kidding? <laughs> Top five stadiums to visit. I want to visit U.S. Bank. That that stadium with a with the horn going and the skulls all over Love the place. The dead oh, birds. Yeah, I'll take. I want to visit the Q. 
Yeah. Quick in the loan Deep. arena. The I, I, I tell you what, once we all <laughs> when there, we I've all graduate there. in December, we'll 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 go we'll we'll go hit some parks together as a, as a uh pair here. So what we'll do is uh we'll we'll all fly out, we'll hit the queue for that ten dollar ticket, and then we'll go to the Aww. Vikings NFC okay, championship game, which will be like several hundred dollars. <laughs> so I went to the queue uh like twenty fifteen, right? This is or not twenty fifteen. Didn't you uh, say it was cheaper to fly that. down to Cleveland, go to the game, and come back than it was to t- get a single ticket to the Celtics? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. However, all right, I still got love for Cleveland. I'm never gonna shade Cleveland, but that game I went to was incredible. Uh, it was Kyrie versus Curry. It went to overtime. The Warriors ended up winning, but both of them dropped forty plus. Oh, awesome hype. game. Uh, my first game at the queue. I've been to a couple. I would recommend it for uh, anyone, I guess, that wants to go to Cleveland. But um, <laughs> I would recommend it too. Very good. Yes, Very you, fun. You heard it here first. The two people in the world that want to willingly go to Cleveland. You heard it. Listen, here. first first Energy Stadium has a great Philly cheesesteak. I would highly recommend. Hey. Uh, really makes it also, okay to watch hey, the Titans the pi- kill them. The pickup game in Cleveland is great. Great. Go to any park, you can get great pickup games. Oh, that's at good. Cleveland, the, the competition's great. The people are great. Uh, they're always they always love to have you join. Uh, I've had a lot of fun playing basketball in Cleveland. I have nothing bad to say about Cleveland. Um, all right, enough talking about the Browns in Cleveland. <laughs> um, we're gonna move on to the comeback player of the year award. I'll go first. This this uh, one should kinda... be pretty cut and dried. I, I mean, if Anton, I know I have the same answer that Jeff does. We've talked about this before. I think uh, Anton might have the same answer too. We'll see. Sure, sure. So uh, it's Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys. Small sample size last year, but he was well on pace for well over 6,000 passing yards, which would have shattered Peyton Manning's single season record. Now, obviously, as I said, small sample size, but he was carrying that Dallas Cowboys team to close games. They were still losing games where they were dropping 45, 50 points. He was doing everything that you could possibly ask a quarterback to do. I would have considered taking him for MVP this year if he didn't get hurt last season because I do mm. think the Cowboys defense is going to be somewhat serviceable. They're still going to be bad. Uh, they didn't make enough changes, uh, but they're going to be better than last year. It's not saying much, but then you look at the offensive side of the ball. Man, that's electric. C.D. Lamb is going to be one of the best receivers in football this year. Amari Cooper is going to probably start the year uh, limited if he's not going to miss a couple of games because he's dealing with a little bit of a lower leg injury. Um, Zeke, I think, has a great bounce back year. He and Dak work together very well. Uh, Dalton Keene, I believe, is still there, and he's a serviceable tight end. So Dak has everything he needs and more to win this award and to win it in a landslide. Jeremy, I'll let you go. Yeah, I'm good. You said Dalton Keene. He's a Patriot. Are, are you talking about Blake Jarwin? Oh, who was I talking? Bla- Blake sorry, ja- sorry, or Jarwin yeah. or um, no, Jeff Swaim isn't mm. there anymore. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I cannot think of his name. Yeah, I'm I mean, having an might old be, people it, moment right now. I think it might be Jarwin. I apologize. Jarwin for that tore his ACL in game one last year against the Rams. I remember that. I'm trying to think um, of who you... Dal- No, Dalton Schultz. Yes, Dalton I knew Schultz. It was Dalton. Not Dalton Keene. Yeah. Sorry about that, okay. Cowboys fans. So, Dalton Schultz. And he, he was good last year filling in for Jarwin. I was going to ask you a question, though, as a fantasy analyst. Uh, what sure, what sure. number quarterback is Dak for you? Oh, he's QB2. He's been QB2 the past three years for me. He might even be QB1. Um, however, I mean, I reserve that spot for Patrick Mahomes. You will never catch me taking Patrick Mahomes in a fantasy draft. I'll never take a quarterback until the sixth round at the very least. Uh, Dak, that's not where you can get him. Probably around the late fourth, early fifth in most redraft leagues. But if he ever slips to the sixth, uh, I'd scoop him up really quick. So he, he's been QB2 for me the past couple of years, mostly because that the offense that he's in, he's obviously not a top two quarterback in the game. He's not even a top five quarterback in the game. But fantasy-wise, he is as elite as it gets. And before he got injured, he was as consistent as he gets because he also provides that rushing upside. My friend won, I think, $500 last year in his fantasy league, and you would help me with his draft, and he'd take a Dak. And up until he got hurt, Dak was his best player, and we ended up flipping somebody. I don't remember who it was for Lamar Jackson, and he carried us the rest of the way once he woke up from his slumber in he the middle a, of yeah, the season. Yeah, he had a good fantasy playoffs. So um, to my pick now for comeback player of the year, it's Dak. It's not hard. I'm, I didn't. I was just filling time because I don't have that much to add to what Jeff said. Uh, other than I think that... A, the media wants Dak to win this award, and B, I was surprised that you had McCaffrey as the runner-up. I had Burrow. I think Burrow's going to have okay. a pretty good bounce-back year himself. 
I think it's kind of hard to win comeback player of the year if you're never at that elite level or at that at such a high level. You don't have if a you come back better than what you were. Sure, right? And, and and I understand the logic there, but I'm saying like, yes, he's going to be coming back, but the fact that he hasn't had a full healthy season in the NFL, I think, puts him at a disadvantage over like what we've seen Dak do for a full for a full season. But I mean, Burrow could he could definitely win it. I've seen a lot of people saying Carson Wentz is going to win oh it, even though he even though he, uh, he just lost his job. He didn't lose like his leg. I, I, I could see it. I know. I think it's so funny that you're talking about a guy who was healthy for the entirety of last year winning comeback right. player of the year because he was just <laughs> that bad. But I mean, I could see it if the Colts are good. I just I thought that was funny. Anton, I'll kick it to you. Are you making it three for three with Dak? Nope. I'm going to oh go with. Goodness. Odell Jarvis Jr. Le- oh my god <laughs> not Jarvis you're not saying you're not right now okay listen so Odell this is this is why okay so Odell you can't see this right now everyone Jeremy forgot everyone forgot how good Odell Beckham Jr. was after he gets traded from yeah, the Giants five he's a years case. ago no it wasn't five years ago it was like three four or whatever, years okay? ago so listen I mean after he tore his ACL in week five against the Bengals, there was this narrative going around that Baker was better without OBJ. The Browns were better without OBJ. They were. Statistically, they statistically, were much so yes, better. Statistically, yes. But I'm going to say that's a pretty shallow take. You know why? Because how many teams could possibly say, oh, we have Odo Beckham Jr., but we're not going to play him because we are better without him. I don't think any NFL team will say that. And here's the thing. He almost looks 100%. I've seen some of his off-season workouts. He's been working with Baker and stuff like that. You know, I think he's poised to have a very good season. There were some chemistry questions about, about him and Baker, but you have to think about their history as teammates, okay? In their first season together, they have to deal with Freddie Kitchens. Now, I cannot stress how poor of a coach Freddie Kitchens was. I mean, that the guy could have been... The human toe Freddie Kitten Mittens. <laughs> yes, Freddie Kitchens, man, that guy could have been the manager at, at any local Chuck E. Cheese, okay? But for and some he reason... he still wouldn't have run NFL that coach. properly. Exactly, right? So, you know, Baker was in his third offensive system in his third year with his third head coach who didn't even know how to use Odo Beckham properly. And just as, as you know, things were getting going in Cleveland, um, as Baker was kind of settling into the Stefanski system... Odell gets hurt, right? So now with a full offseason with Steph- with Kevin Stefanski, a whole training camp because no COVID or anything with Odell and Baker, I think he is set to have a very big season, and I think he will be the comeback player of the year. So I'd like to see it, right? But statistically, it is accurate to say that that offense was better when Odell was out. Oh, no and doubt. It's because, and it's because Baker was forcing him the ball. So if Baker can just stop because forcing him the ball, diva, meaning Odell, not Baker. Sure, sure. Also, what it means is Odell wasn't doing a good enough job of getting open, right? Because if you're Odell Beckham Jr. and you're getting the ball force fed to you, you need to catch it. That's <laughs> true. You need, okay. to have a, you need to have a better year. And yes, he wasn't 100% health wise. It was clear he was dealing with that. It was a hip issue, right? I think it was a, maybe it was, it was a hernia. I thought something like that. Yeah, yeah, sports hernia. Um, so Which obviously like it wasn't 100%. Yeah, it wasn't 100%, and I think that he's definitely a candidate for this award. Um, but when you got a quarterback like Dak Prescott, who's got uh, the entire NFL on his side, and that is so impressive to say for a and player he, on, the he'll, he'll plays on the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But he plays on the Dallas Cowboys. You know how hard it is to unite the NFL fans over a Cowboys player with how horrible their fans are? So I'd be shocked. I mean, it, as long as Dak doesn't get hurt, He's a lock for this award, uh, but I respect the Browns' confidence as always. Now I yes. feel now I don't feel as good about having Miles Garrett as my defensive player of the year. I'll, I'll say I, that. I thought all Here of Anton's go, picks up until Browns. now were pretty solid. Even the Browns' ones. This one kind of threw a wrench into it big time. Oh come on! You you heard me? He's a candidate. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Right. I, I, I'm pretty gonna... sure I posted the comeback player of the year odds. I'm gonna go find them while Jeff moves on to the next award because I don't think Odell was in the top ten. All right, so while you look those up, we'll go to Coach of the Year. Anton, I'll th- I throw this to you very, <laughs> very tentatively. All right, all right, it, all right. Right, be- right, because this is the one guy that I think should be the front runner for this oh, award. I, I, real quick, Anton. though, real quick, I found the odds via Odds Shark. 2021-22 uh, Comeback Player of the Year, in order. 
Dak, Saquon Barkley, Joe Burrow, Nick Bosa, Carson Wentz, Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold, <laughs> another guy who played the full year and just sucked, Jameis Winston, <laughs> Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, and uh, the good doctor, what? and uh, the, the Kansas City guard that went to go fight COVID and skip the year. Wait, where oh, is and, Odell? And Jimmy Garoppolo's number 10. So Odell's right, not even so on the list? Not on the top 10. How so is that possible? I, I didn't make I, these odds. Also, Von Miller oh. wasn't there, which is also shocking to me. I thought he should have been top 10. I physically refuse to acknowledge that those odds exist, by the way, um, <laughs> coming from the source they're coming from. But, um, and I won't say anything on them, but uh, yeah. Odell. All right, Anton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Who's, who's going to win coach of the year? All right. So I was going to say Kevin Stefanski, but then this I This is said, the one where I would have like been okay, I, okay with it, I know, Anton. I know, I know. But then I thought, then I'm like, yo, I got like four Browns on here. So I, I have to be honest. I, I think if I wasn't going with Kevin Stefanski, I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan, okay? So after not making the playoffs last season, I think they're poised to make some big moves uh, this season, all right? I think they're really their one very big noticeable wink link of the team is Jimmy Garoppolo. And now they have Trey Lance behind him, right? Jimmy did not play very well, got benched at halftime against Miami, right? But now they have a guy like Trey Lance, you know, big arm, big body, right? Big superstar potential. And I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the most creative offensive minds in the game, right? His running schemes are actually so He's also ex- a dictator. Okay. Maybe, right? But he may definitely make... well, okay, sure. Well, fine. Maybe he's a dictator like someone I know, Bill Belichick, maybe. Um Bill he Belichick made doesn't run the offense. That's a great he call. made Nick he made Nick Mullins a semi competitive quarterback, Kyle Shanahan. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, so fair. can you imagine what he can do with someone like Trey Lance? You know, the Niners well, hold were on. Pretty... Hey, hold on. I'll, let me stop you real quick. Where do you think when do you think he starts? Trey Lance, I say he starts in week five. Okay. And Continue. I see so I don't think Trey Lance the Niners... plays this year. I he might not. Nick Mullins still I on the d- roster? No, no, no. No, no. it's okay, Josh Rosen. He, he actually, will play this year. My bad. I thought Nick He's Mullins a, was still yeah, there. No, Trey Lance will play, but I don't think it's until double digit weeks because mm. I think Jimmy's gonna gonna start off playing for his job. I don't know. I feel like Jimmy. I I don't. I'm not big on Jimmy, but anyway, the 49ers were a pretty competitive team last year, right? I mean, even with all those injuries, and now that they're everyone's kind of coming back, right? I think they're gonna make a big splash in the insanely competitive NFC West. So Kyle Shanahan, Coach of the Year. All right, you know what? It, it's not—it's not a horrible take. I think it's ridiculous that you looked at your list and decided that Odell Beckham Jr. was the hill you wanted to die on over, like Kevin Saquon. Stefanski. I forgot—I forgot Saquon. Listen, I love Kevin Stefanski, but I, is he going to win it two years in a row? How many players? How many coaches win two years in a row? Um, a coach that could lead a team that just made an AFC uh, division—not divisional—an AFC title run. Not run, but to the to the title game to a top two seed in the AFC. No, I'm I'm with I'm with Anton fully on this one. Fair, fair, fair. There's all right. It's uh, so, so, so rare for a coach of the year to get back to back. The closest that it's come, uh, Ron Rivera won it in 2013 when he finished seven eight and one. The fact that he won that that year is just sad. And then he won in 2015 uh, Cam Newton's uh, MVP year when they went to the Super Bowl, which kind of makes sense. Uh, my coach of the year pick. Let's see. I have okay. So. If you look at the awards as they've been based on the last, like, I don't know, dozen or so years, if one team does really good and just shines above the rest, they usually sweep a certain section of awards. And I'm trying to kind of give an even mix to it. Uh, I'm going to add, I think, a fifth team now in terms of my awards for the guys who have won it. So I'm going to go and add in the Chargers. I'm going to take Brendan Staley Mm, to win. I think he is a great young mind. He coached what was the best defense in the league last year in the Rams. I actually have Stefanski as a runner-up, but I don't think there's any way he wins it. I'm absolutely with Anton. There's no way a coach of the year repeats himself. Um, But I do think that uh, Brendan Staley with Justin Herbert in tow can win coach of the year this year because the chargers have the roster to make it happen. And I think oh, that roster, sure. I, I'm sorry. I think that Staley is one of the young coaches that the media really fawns over. They all love these new young minds that can, uh, is very smart and he's a defensive guy, not an offensive guy. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays. Yeah. Um, I, I love that pick Jeremy. Uh, he was one of the guys who I was considering, you know, how, how high I am on Justin Herbert. He was my guy coming out of the draft last year. Jeremy questioned it. Now he's finally come over. Uh, wow, just, really? Just how good, Did just I say how that? Good he is. Did Jeremy, I say that? You have 100%. If you're picking uh, this dude to win coach of the year, his quarterback's the guy who's going to carry him to that award. 
Uh, mm. Stefanski won it last year. I don't think Baker carried him to that award. Oh no! But not, let's Nick point Chubb, out that Chubb right. carried him to that award. Yeah, let's, he didn't let's play point out that let's, okay. he wasn't there. Mid- Justin Matt Herbert Nagy won is coach of the year. There's no way Trubisky carried him to that. That was the defense. All right, ju- yeah, Justin Herbert. We can all can agree that was a fluke, by the way. But Justin oh, Herbert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Justin Herbert is already a quarterback that Baker Mayfield will never be. Sorry. Uh, it's, it's just it's just the truth. But all right. how many wins does how many playoff wins does Justin Herbert have? Exactly I mean, the amount I have, which is zero. My guy, zero. Congrats, he's a rookie. How long did it take Baker to get to the playoffs? Okay, did did Baker have his did, running? Did Justin Herbert him there. Did Justin did Justin Herbert have Hugh Jackson? Like possibly the worst coach in NFL history. Guys, we, he had guys, we, got, we got to steer he had back. Lynn. We got to steer yeah. back on track here. All right, he, but first of all, he had Anthony Lynn, uh, a head coach that openly said that he didn't want to play him until he was forced his hand because the Chargers medical staff punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. All right, oh, moving on to my coach of the year. Uh, this is It's time for my homer pick. I'm going with Bill Belichick. He's won the coach of the year uh, three times, most recently in 2010, so he's due. He led the worst Patriots team in my lifetime to a 7-9 record last season, or one of the worst, uh, and, and that team, it was horrible. And he almost led them to a 500 record. And now they have huge upgrades on both sides of the ball. I think the Pats win at least 10 games this year. Uh, the narrative is going to be back on his side because last year was Brady's year. Now that Belichick finally has a roster to compete with, uh, the media is going to be all over him and the Patriots trying to come back into contention. I think it's Bill Belichick. We're going to skip our, our last segment of this. We're going to go to the MVP. We had a bonus, which was biggest bust. We can talk about that another time. We're going to skip that. Uh, just for a matter of time. Moving on to the MVP, Anton, I'll kick this one to you first. So this is where my final Browns kidding. It's not Baker Mayfield. <laughs> it's Matthew Stafford, okay? Wow. Sean McVay. Okay, wow. Sean... Yeah, come on. You thought I was going to pick Baker? No, no I'm just no, shocked no, no. you picked Stafford. Uh, well, here's why. Okay, listen. Matthew Stafford, right? Okay, so... Sean McVay created one of the best offenses in the league with Jared Goff, right? And now they have a far superior quarterback with Matthew Stafford, okay? He has amazing arm talent. He makes quick decisions. He can fit the ball into he can fit the ball into tight windows. And he's one of the best quarterbacks in the game, okay? I've been a big fan of his for many years, okay? And this is the best situation of Matthew Stafford's entire career, right? He's been buried out there in Detroit. And, you know, I think he's he's out to prove to the rest of the league, you know, I I should have had this, I should have been this guy the whole time, right? If I just didn't have such a terrible team in Detroit, okay? And so he, I think he's set to have a monster season, right? They're going to have an elite defense, uh, the Rams will, which will put a lot of pressure on opposing offenses. So I think it'll be really, it'll be a big challenge for a lot of teams to get the Rams offensive off, off the field, right? So, and I think that's where Matthew Stafford can do his damage. You know, he's a great quarterback, I think he has, he has the. It's all up to him, right? And I think he's going to be able to do it. Matthew Stafford MVP. All right, so I'll go next. Um, I had two guys up for this. My number one guy was actually also Matthew Stafford. Oh my um, word! What? So what pretty, are much, you guys for the, pretty on? much for the reasons you said, he's he's entering this he's entering this crazy offense, right? As you said, now he's going to have to throw the ball more with K Makers sidelined. Mm. Uh, I think the Rams are going to be a, one of the best teams in football next year. But as you said, you said everything about Matthew Stafford that we need to say. So I'll go with my second guy. Uh, Jeremy, You, your reaction by this, I'm not by my Stafford oh, pick. Oh no. I'm not even sure how you're going to feel about this. Uh, I'm going with a guy that was just mentioned a couple of segments ago from the Chargers, Justin Herbert. Oh, no. See, that is cap. That is not okay. All right, so hear me out, right? The Chargers had how many wins or how many losses Nine. last year? By one possession. Oh, I don't know. I just know they had nine losses. Yeah, by by one possession that went down to the last mark, and Probably a lot of seven? it. Seven. It was something like that. It was anywhere from five to seven, I think. It were it literally went down to like the last play of the game, but definitely the last possession of the game. They lost by a matter of a couple of points, and a lot of that was on Anthony Lim. Now they got a much better coach in there, Justin Herbert. Uh, yes, he lost Hunter Henry, who was a big target for him. But I think Keenan Allen, in my opinion, is a top five wide receiver in the game. Would you take? Would like, you say he's a top slot receiver, Jeff? Just a thought. I, we're not going there. We're not going there. Um, <laughs> I didn't make the rankings. Okay, I didn't. 
the fact that Keenan Allen technically qualifies as a slot receiver in some people's rankings because he ran he ran out of the slot in 52% of his routes last year angers me uh, to a degree that I do not care to go to right now. But yes, he's got uh, he's got Keenan Allen, one of the most underrated receivers in the game. Mike Williams is a really good deep ball threat. They got Austin Eckler back, who I think fits alongside Herbert perfectly, and Jared Cook. He's serviceable. I think you could easily see Justin Herbert push for an almost 5,000-yard season uh, at this point. In his second year, that's when quarterbacks usually take this big jump. Um, So, yeah, I know it's by far not a popular pick, but I'm going with Herbie. And, Jeremy, you've been overreacting to all of our picks. Did you just call him Herbie? (laughs) We're not going to just gloss over that. (laughs) Why? I've never heard him called Herbie in his life. I'm pretty sure he's never heard himself been called Herbie to his just face. like just like you've never heard uh, Gordon Hayward be called Gordo until I said it. Yeah, so, but that was more of a weird uh, infatuation thing as opposed to play, like just players a- and I have. Hey, we got special connections, man. Oh. That's, that's all I say. You'll just you'll never understand because your hatred you just build walls. Okay. And the players can't break them down. But you've been overreacting to our picks. I want to see who you have as the yeah. MVP, Jeremy. Do you really want to see who I have as the MVP? All right, so for starters, sure. uh, what did I lead with? I said that I was going to be doing these on a lot of my schedule predictions, and I think I've shown Jeff most of them. One of them has already gone up there, and uh, I've, as I said, I've been pretty even spreading out the awards that I'm giving to people. Uh, the runner-up, I had Patrick Mahomes. I think Mahomes is going mm-hmm. to, once again, finish second. I don't think that he's going to do enough to get there because I think the Chiefs are going to try and preserve him a little bit more this year than they did last year behind that offensive line. They're going to try and run the ball a little bit more with Edward Zelaer. That's just my gut feeling. Uh, it's Knowing Andy Reid, he's going to try and slice and dice and sling it all over the field, but I think that he's going to realize that he, if he wants to preserve Mahomes for another deep run like they've had done the past two years, it's it's the LeBron Cavs effect where if you keep playing deep into June or in, in the in the Chiefs case January and February, you're eventually going to get run down because your offseason is shorter than everybody else's. And I think that that's going to be important, so they're going to try and preserve Mahomes. The other guy I considered but didn't pick was Josh Allen because I don't like Josh Allen. I had to go with the narrative yeah. on this one. That one, uh, I know Anton is with me on this one. Josh Allen is overrated. Don't don't get yeah. it twisted. Uh, the Bills are still going to be good this year, but I think a lot of that is a, pr- a product of McDermott's coaching. All right, now to the uh, the main event, the MVP. Uh, did you see my reaction when you picked Justin Herbert? Herbie? Yeah. No, no, Justin Herbert, not Herbie. <laughs> I think he said. Herbie. I think Herbie. No, Her- I think he said Herbie. I remain. No, I, I did not. I did not see your reaction because your computer's down on the floor for me. Oh. It's making too much noise. True. Uh, so my face was pretty, uh, pretty stone face. I didn't really make a reaction because I have him winning MVP as well. Um, Let's go. <gasps> no. But we're both Jeremy. Welcome to the Herbie train. <laughs> it's we're so happy to have you, Anton. Look at it this way. They gave Lamar Jackson an MVP a couple of years ago. Exactly. They'll give true. anybody That's these true. things. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, let's not take it away from Lamar because he, he he was insane that year as a running back. <laughs> nah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lamar. He was better than <laughs> that. That joke is overused. He was, he was really he got he was exposed really good. Yeah. in the playoffs. Anyway, um, sure. my schedule predictions for the Chargers, I they were the last schedule prediction I made, and I have them going 11-6, and six, sweeping the Chiefs, and earning the uh, wild card spot from the AFC West. I think that they're going to be one of this league, uh, one of the NFL's biggest risers. I have them and the Giants as the two teams that I have that are like, whoa, look at this. They're a playoff team now. They really made the jump. As Jeff said, a lot of losses by one score. Herbert can put up yards. I don't know if he's the guy in terms of uh, like a guy that can take you on a deep playoff run, but he's clearly a franchise quarterback caliber uh, guy. Interestingly enough, Jeff did not mention the biggest reason that I think Herbert's going to win MVP. They signed Corey Lindsley in free agency and drafted Rayshon mm. Slater to protect yeah. his blind side. Oh, and those huge. are the two biggest reasons that he is going to be the MVP this year because he has protection on the line. That is the biggest reason. If he can't get, all, if he can't have time to throw it deep to Mike Williams or on to Keenan Allen on a crossing route, this entire thing blows apart because the Chargers defense has some playmakers. But they're never healthy. Joey Bosa's always hurt. Melvin Ingram is now gone. Derwin James is coming off of, I think, another season-ending injury. That's two years in a row for him after a stellar rookie campaign. Kenneth Murray is in his second year and still not that experienced at linebacker. Their linebacking core as a whole kind of blows. And Casey Hayward, is he still there? I think he went to Denver, if I'm not mistaken. 
I have no idea. I gotta look at that um, now. Hang on, where did Casey yeah, Hayward go? I have go? no idea. That's fine. Don't worry about. It. I, I I will I will find this out. I know they re-signed uh one of their other cornerbacks to a, a pretty hefty deal. No, they have Asante Samuel Jr. and yeah, Michael Davis was the cornerback I was thinking of. So they have them, those two, and mm-hmm. Chris Harris are their three cornerbacks because Casey Hayward's gone, who I thought was an extremely underrated corner during his time in both Green Bay and. Uh, Los Angeles. So I'm right now looking at these guys. Now I'm saying, look, the Chargers do have the pieces. They swept the Chiefs two years ago with Phillip Rivers as their quarterback. If you had Justin Herbert in there, I mean, it's not the sky's the limit, but it's pretty close compared to what you got from Phillip Rivers a couple years ago with his just terrible throwing motion all around, oh, shucks attitude and his mobility of a stone. So I'm going to take Justin Herbert as my MVP. And uh, yeah. It doesn't mean that I am as pro Herbert as uh, Jeff is, but pro he is, I'm not, he is starting. I'm, I'm, I'm look, not sure anyone. He's starting yeah. to look like the best quarterback out of this draft class, so it maintains my thing saying that Burrow would not be because a lot of people are saying that. Yeah, um, and if I and I'm if I can sure anyone, if I can win a narrative, yeah. I'm okay with it. I'm not sure anyone's as high on Herbie as I am, uh, we gotta, but we gotta stop we're, really, we're really we're really glad to have you on the train, Jeremy. We're gonna order some matching Herbie T-shirts. If you buy um, me one of those Herbert jerseys for my birthday, I will love you forever because I love the Chargers jerseys, as you know. Will you, call, will you call him Herbie? If you buy me the jersey, yes. Oh, my Honestly, God. You have to. I might, I might, you might have to. You might have to do it. <laughs> I, might, I might consider not. All right. That's going to wrap up our award predictions. Um, Jeremy, I believe you had a couple of topics you wanted to touch on. We're running so late here. Let's just do one of them. And then we can get to some others. We'll do a full NFL offseason or ramping up to the season uh, shop talk uh, at some point for an episode. But break down one of the topics you wanted to talk about. All right. We'll start with the biggest one from today, I guess. That is Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay. Green Bay playing kowtow and basically cutting mm-hmm. themselves off at the balls, giving them con- giving Aaron Rodgers concessions. <laughs> that voids the last year of his deal allows him to decide where he wants to go after this season if he's unhappy still in Green Bay and the domino effect that comes from that Devontae Adams now more willing to talk about an extension with the team I don't know why I think that's stupid but that's a separate argument that I'll get to a little bit later Zendaria Smith maybe he's not looking for a realtor now because he wants to stay there he may get a new contract from the Packers as well Um, interestingly enough I mean, you you look at the odds. I believe they went from plus 2,600 to plus 1,200. I don't remember what sportsbook I saw from that. It was a Bleacher Report notification to win the title now that uh, Rodgers is back in the fold. And all of this coming out of seemingly nowhere because heading into the weekend, there were reports that he was going to retire. So, um, I mean, Jeff, you can start. I'm not really the host here, but you can definitely start with this. Uh, Your reaction to this Rodgers news. Yeah, I was disappointed, um, to say the least, that all this drama came down to this. And first off, about the retirement news, um, he, I think it's pretty much been a known by this point that what he, his agent—it's David Dunn, if I'm not mistaken, uh, right? Who's the same? It's the same agent that Carson Palmer had when he pulled this and went into retirement just to force his way out of a situation he didn't like. So. We hear reports about Aaron Rodgers uh, considering retirement, and then we see videos of him working out with David Bakhtiari literally the same day. So it's clearly that's not the direction he was headed. He he wanted out of Green Bay, and uh, at, at this point, you know the Packers they did what they need to do. Uh, they did what they needed to do to get him there for one more year, uh, and that was pulling a Tom Brady, restructuring his contract so he has complete control over where he wants to go. I do think that. You know, this was a necessary move for Green Bay. Obviously, you need to do what you can to make him happy. Let's say you have a phenomenal year and you win the Super Bowl. And then he then he comes around to talking about a long-term extension. So, yes, you gave Aaron Rodgers all the power if you're the Packers. But in my opinion, this was a necessary step to at least begin to repair the relationship with your franchise quarterback. Anton? Yeah, I think, you know, the most important thing is if you're a small town team like the Packers, right? What's like the worst case scenario is your is your biggest star ever, probably short of uh probably short of Brett Favre, I guess, maybe Bart Starr and that big defensive guy. I can't I can't think of his name right now. Losing him uh because you oh, screwed oh, it up. I know who you're thinking Wait. of Reggie Lewis or whatever, the minister Reggie, of defense, no, Reggie I White. Think. Reggie White. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. Reggie White. Reggie, Reggie White. White. Yeah, White. monster, one monster. Of, one of you the know, best players. And a great nickname, the Minister of Defense. All right. That's, That's literally one of, one of the best we defenders need to, of all time. We need to bring back these really good nicknames. I feel like now it's just people's like the, it's just people's 
initials. It's like, oh, it's D-Hop. Like, that's not a nickname. But anyway, um, I think for the Packers, the worst-case scenario is you lose Aaron Rodgers for nothing, and then it's all because you screwed it up because you just were terrible with his with just kind of disregarding what Aaron Rodgers wanted, right? Aaron Rodgers now looked at all these different teams. He sees Peyton Manning go to the Broncos, and he takes over that organization and then wins the Super Bowl. Tom Brady leaves the Patriots. You know, how, who could have thought that? And then he goes to Tampa Bay, wins the Super Bowl, right? Now, Aaron Rodgers is unhappy with the situation in Green Bay, and now he's staying for one more season. I sort of see this as like a 2018 LeBron sort of thing. Always got to bring up LeBron, don't I? <laughs> got to bring up the Cavs, Got to bring, right? bring up the king, the GOAT, at Jeremy. Um, and I think this is a chance for maybe if, if the Packers are serious about keeping Aaron Rodgers, they got to make some moves in the season somehow. I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, but it's a good it's a good thing for the Packers. I gotta be happy for them. They got they're keeping their guy. They're keeping Devontae Adams. But this looks like their last shot at the title. So the Super Bowl window, the Super Bowl window is open. It's back open again, but it closes after this season. So good for the Packers. So so for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers coming back makes them at best the third best team in the NFC. I take the Rams over them. I take the Bucks over them at this point. Unfortunately, because I probably root for the Packers if the Packers and the Bucks matched up. Um, in terms of Devontae Adams now willing to talk about a contract extension, it makes no sense. He's a pending unrestricted free agent after this year. If Rodgers doesn't like where he is, why would Devontae Adams sign an extension now? That doesn't make any sense. I, yeah, just tell I, him I that, tell him that you're, yeah, I, I don't think he will either. Just tell him that you're going to talk about it at the end of the year and be done with it. Because I think that that's the, that's the best the Packers can hope for at this point. In terms of Rodgers himself... I, I, I hear what you're saying, Jeff, about his agent being the guy that was the same guy representing Carson Palmer when he forced his way out of, I believe it was Oakland at the time, before heading yeah, to Arizona. But let's face it, Aaron Rodgers is a different type of animal. Because if there was one guy that you could see retiring and walking away from $35 million because he didn't like his environment, he didn't like the fact that he had just won the MVP, but he still felt like people were trying to undermine him in a Packers organization that has done everything, but just, I'm not even going to say what I was thinking, um, do things to him that I cannot say on this podcast. Um, over the past however many years he's been a quarterback, they picked Brett. they picked him over Brett Favre. And they were going to do to Jordan Love what they did to Brett, uh, what they did to Aaron Rodgers when he got drafted. Sit him for two years, start him the third year. Well, Aaron Rodgers said, "Nah, I'm going to screw up your plan because he's only going to sit for one year before I say I want out." And it was all a bunch of posturing after he signed the highest contract in the history of the NFL before Mahomes, so that way he could get the last couple of years of his deal voided. Makes no sense. And he is just the type of petty sob that I could absolutely see pulling this stunt. He's absolutely mm. the type of guy that I would be like, "All right." This dude is so screwed up in the head that he doesn't even talk to his own family, doesn't talk to his brother, doesn't talk to anybody. Uh, he's, he's, he's just incredibly selfish, an incredible diva. It's very impressive, the fact that he has remained on an NFL roster for this long. It's simply for the fact that he's talented is why people put up with him. And guess what? He had a me- mediocre 2019, but nobody remembers that because he won the MVP the very next year. So I want to see how it plays out with Rodgers. I don't think that he's going to be as invested as he has been the last couple of years. I think he's already looking to greener pastures, probably in Las Vegas for next year. Um, I I wish the Packers all the luck in the world, but I, I really wouldn't mean it because I want to see them suffer and I want to see the Vikings win the division. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, understandable. Um yeah, I, I think that's kind of all we have to say about Aaron Rodgers. And Jeremy, I'm sorry, we're about to break an hour. So I think that that's probably where we should wrap it up for today, unless you have something absolutely pressing you want to talk about. Deshaun Watson will get traded within the next two weeks. That's my take. Yes, he will. Yeah. Oh, Agreed. I agree. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. All right. Let, let's do a quick roundtable. Where is he going? A sentence. Why? Jeremy. <laughs> for some reason, I feel like Philly because they're stupid enough to do it. <laughs> That would oh be, hol- that'd that'd be that'd hilarious. That would be insane. I say maybe yeah. Denver. They just, they, just, they just sell the whole team. That's also, they're also stupid enough to do it because Elway loves to reach for quarterbacks. I think he goes to Miami because they're not sold on Tua at this point. But I think Denver makes a lot of sense too. Um, all right. That is going to wrap up this episode of Hail Marys and Hoops. This was a really fun one after talking basketball for a couple of episodes to break it back into football, which is uh, Jeremy's and my roots. When it comes to sports journalism, etc., and it's why uh, Anton came on the show because he's such a big Browns fan and he wanted to talk about it. Go Browns! Uh, originally, 
Um, made some interesting decisions there with his picks. Oh, Jeremy, on. I'll start with you. Drop your socials once again for the people to go find you. All right. I've been making a lot of graphics since I've come back from vacation, been on the grind, so please keep a lookout for those. We got 84 new Twitter graphics get being scheduled and that will go out over the next couple of weeks. We got a bunch of stuff coming on the Instagram, including some new series like top 10 positions in the NFL going around each position, top 10 writers give me their picks and I make them into graphics. So you can check that out at, at PT Sports Talk. On Instagram and on Twitter, that would be at Talk Primetime. Sounds good. Anton. You can follow me on Instagram at Anton Lee, followed by two underscores. That's A-N-T-O-N-L-E-E, followed by two underscores on Instagram. Sounds good. I'm Jeff Pratt. You can find me, as always, at Hotline Fantasy on Twitter for NFL, NBA, fantasy advice anything else really i'll give takes on thank you guys so much for sticking with us for this entire episode we'll be back next week with an nba draft recap and an nba free agency preview you won't want to miss it thank you guys so much have a good one